So I really like Lagunitas. I think they're my favorite brewery right now. Brewery. brewery. I can't say brewery. I really like Lagunitas. They're my favorite brewing company. They're my favorite brewery. All right. <coughs> Shut up. Welcome to Almost Focused. I'm Nathaniel. I'm Matt. And uh, this week we're talking about Dungeons and Dragons. It's d and I, I feel like you have to say that name with... With oomph. Uh, dedication. Or, or push up your glasses and be like, um, <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, we're going to talk about 5th edition... Um, oh, are we? Are we going to no, be? I don't, are we going to be edition specific? Honestly, like I think we'll spend most of it talking about games we like that aren't Dungeons and Dragons. But I mean, if we're going to be true duct tape on the glasses nerds about this, we should probably talk about AD and D or maybe Chainmail. You know way more about this than I do. Oh man, we need to talk about. We need to get so retro that we discuss World War Two miniature reenactments whoa, whoa, whoa we don't need to bring miniatures into this hey man that's you know D D came out of miniatures it came out of tactical war games tabletop stuff it's not yeah i mean really what we're talking about is pen and paper rpgs though okay all right so we're you, you're like no no focus nathaniel <laughs> focus down <laughs> zone in here so we're talking about pen and paper rpgs yeah uh specifically i guess what the D D lineage i mean or just I think, anything I think what, that a group of nerds plays. I think what I'm interested in is talking to people. You know, I, I think there's a lot of nerdy gamer type people who've never played D and D because it's kind of uh, it's a little intimidating. Yeah, it's it's a different set of gaming skills I'm, than you normally leverage for gaming. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been a gamer all my life, and I didn't play D and D until I was like 25 or something. It, it took me Noob. a while to just play it, and not until after college did I start playing it. Yeah. How'd you come into D and D? What was your first? What was your first time? <laughs> I um, I went to a game store with the express time. purpose of learning how to play D and D. What got it into your head? Group. Did you read a Satanic manual or something? Is that? Uh, actually, I I read the Chick Track about D and D, and I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> I should try. This. Well, no, actually, the first time I played D and D was in high school with my um, uh, my gaming group. My my gaming group, uh, it was me and and a couple friends and. Um, we just were like, we're nerds. We should play D and D. But the problem was that we were very, very PVP gamers. Like we, there was nothing we played that wasn't PVP. Um, and so Dungeons and Dragons just did not work because the whole time we would be PVPing. It's fundamentally a cooperative game. Yeah, and I mean, even, even if you're working against each other, even when we played co-op, it was like yeah. our favorite is four swords, where you just fight the whole time anyway. Well, you guys should have done a paranoia in that case. So let's let's backpedal a little bit here. Uh, uh, definitions time. We're 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 becoming major proponents of defining the shit out of stuff. Yeah. So so. 
Pen and paper RPG. Yeah, so what is that? Yeah, it, hold forth, oh, educator. <clears throat> well, it's a role-playing game, so yeah. any kind of role-playing game. So what's a role-playing game? It's where you take on a role, right? Yeah, I mean, and in, you in play that broadest role. definition. I mean, the archetypes usually look like you have levels, you track stats. So D&D and, and pen and paper kind of dice rolling. role-playing is generally played sitting around a table. It's collaborative storytelling. And it's uh, it's a group of people who come to the table with predefined roles that they've yeah. created yeah. and then you you work together as matt said to collaboratively tell a story uh while leveraging things like you know rules of a, a given system so there's a bunch of systems there's dungeons and dragons which is probably the most famous um but then there's warhammer has a pen and paper yeah. rpg uh i mentioned paranoia deadlands those are some of the more gurps popular ones but i mean if you there are game stories that kind of specialize in RPG systems, yeah. and like any fantasy sci-fi realm you can think of, will we'll usually have, a, have some level of that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's a Firefly one I saw that. Yeah, I was I've, I've in. read the module for it. It's it's okay. Eh, yeah, you know, it's space pirates. Like, I mean, one of the problems I think with a lot of those so. So rule sets often have a, a setting, like a fictional setting associated with them. So Dungeons & Dragons has, I think, at this point, kind of a a broadly defined setting that they've cobbled together from a bunch of individual other settings yeah, that but they've it's released over like the years. Yeah, but it's medieval fantasy. But it's sort of a medieval high fantasy setting, basically. Yeah. Fairly, uh, you know, generic, Priests I guess. Priests and wizards and yes. warriors and thieves. Um, but... One of the problems, I think, with a lot of these hyper-specialized rule sets where they, they really say, well, this is the Firefly setting rules, is you you could really adapt that. Like, if you know the game system at all, you know, for a given system, you can usually be like, hey, we're going to do Firefly in this random setting. Yeah, it's... I don't understand when they do it for, like, sci-fi like that as mm-hmm. much as maybe... Like a Dresden Files, which is a like a fantasy novel series where yeah. you have this world with this extensive magic system, and it's very that you want to codify into like yeah. dice rolls. Gotcha. Um, Call of Cthulhu is another really good one. That's one my brother plays. Uh, it's it's a very um, uh, violent setting. Yeah. So, one of your one of your stats I know is, is sanity. Yeah. And, like things affect how sane you are. So uh, we're talking about characters in in D and D a lot so let's let's talk a little bit about more about what a character is so when you sit down to play one of these pen and paper games and you you are playing a character so what is that well i think it's important to to talk about like when you sit down to play what is the setting of that you have most everybody's playing a character but there's one person who's running the narrative of the game Mm -hmm. and so he's kind of telling the, the dungeon master as they're usually called their game masters is providing the context. DMGM for short. Right. And and you are you make up a like a character um which you give traits and and actions and then you do your best to stay true to the character you've created. Mm-hmm. So you might say uh I'm going to play a character named uh uh Leroy Jenkins. Sure. And uh Leroy has the following characteristics, right? You would say this. You would say his name is Leroy Jenkins. He's a he. 
he's a human male uh, paladin some some age you'd give him a class so a job a paladin a fighter or wizard whatever and then you'd say he has some traits so one of his traits might be rushes blindly into the most dire of situations for instance uh-huh you know could be a, a, a trait and another trait could be loves to yell his own name uh as a battle cry yes and um you know those two things right would then lead to you later down in the 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 playing of the game you would look at your character traits and be like well shit i see a bunch of dudes fighting i go running at the fight yelling leroy jenkins yeah and your other your other teammates might be like whoa that's a terrible idea and yeah. you're like sorry bro that's how that's, leroy jenkins rolls. that's how leroy jenkins do yeah and so uh so your character can have a lot of attributes right they can have like a bunch of different descriptive statistics, so physical characteristics like their physical strength or uh, uh, healthiness, constitution. Yeah, I mean the, those are D and D stats. So do we, I mean we can cover each individual stat, or we can kind of. I mean, the, I think the, there's the there's the technical portion of, of these games, which is why I mean, like there's a book and it's has rules all throughout it, and it's, there's there's. Three core books that are each what 150 to 200 pages yeah. long, full of rules and, and they're each descriptions like of things. I mean, there's. I think the rules are a huge barrier to entry to mm-hmm. what is to what is a, actually a fantastic and very. It's actually gaming a, a very simple game when you boil it down to its core. Yeah, exactly, and and I mean it all comes back to what I said: collaborative storytelling. Right, any RPG worth its salt, any pen and paper RPG is going to be. You and some friends working together to to make a story, um, and the the rules are just there to help tell you what you can and can't do. Um, but that's I mean that's what makes it so fun. That's why everyone still plays them. Yeah. Even though we have computer games that can very easily handle the mechanics, handle systems. all of the mechanical yeah. mechanics of it. Well, it's because you can do. You know, an example. I think we should both tell a a favorite D and D story. Mm. One of mine that I think really encapsulates just how weird D&D can go, we had a, a campaign. So in, in D&D, you, you play uh, either an adventure, which is a sort of one-off thing. You go and do some some quest. Uh, you know, Frodo goes to deliver the ring. That might be an adventure, or it could be a whole campaign. That's maybe too long of a scenario that to might call be a, a single campaign, adventure. That but, might be a whole campaign, but its individual adventure might be... You Frodo know, the, goes to find lunch in yeah, Mordor. Yeah. <laughs> Frodo uh Frodo tries to escape the Shire. You know, that sure. might be an adventure, right? Just getting out of the Shire. Um We're terrible Lord of the Rings. <laughs> hey man, I, yeah, whatever. I'm not a lo- loader lotrer. Um anyway. But uh so we had a campaign that we'd been running and one of the characters had taken to drink rather heavily after some unpleasant occurrences and he decided that we they come into this town and he goes to the bar and is so belligerent that they kick him out it's the only bar in town he can't get any booze so he goes behind the bar where he finds a passed out bum who he removes all the clothing from and rings for sweat and drinks the bum sweat hoping to get alcohol from it now this is disgusting right it's a horrible act these guys went on to become very very evil and do lots of foul D D things right but the level of do whatever the hell I want D&D gives you yeah. is something that, like, computer games, they might be able to give you one of those that's very scripted, you know? Right, right. And it's 
In a, in a computer game, you're limited to whatever the developer thought of. Yeah, whereas in the moment, you can come up with, well, shit, I, I want to go ring a bum for sweat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what's your favorite D&D um, moment? So I had, we had one um, with, with a group of friends. We were using the GURP system, which is um, uh, it's by the same guy who makes uh, Munchkin. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's generally uh, beguiled as a rule system. It's not people don't like it because it it has a lot of holes. But in role playing, that's perfect because it's it's up to everyone to figure out what to do. Um, yeah. So so one thing to think about here, right, is there's a lot of rules for these different rule sets. Yeah. And uh, the extent to which they are used is heavily based off of how anal retentive you are. And how much rules lawyering you're willing yeah, to do? Yeah, like, I, I, the first time, first people I played with, they were very much old school, like before there were computer RPGs, yeah. playing these as like battle simulations, mm-hmm. and so that was my first encounter with role playing, or first real one. But this group, um, we we created our own world, like fantasy world. And um, my character was a, a golem, and we created this rich backstory and history for the golems, and and where they came from, and and why this one was trying to find out uh, the history of it. And it, it was very interesting, and and we like created all this interesting stuff. Um, but it was also really silly. Uh, our our party leader was a mustachioed um, like circus ringleader. And our quest was to find um, strange animals to bring back for our circus. So we were on a quest to find the spider that could do math, the mathrachnid, and and bring it back. Oh, yes, mathrachnid. Yeah, and it's just, like, really silly yeah. and, and fun stuff like that. Like, we were talking to Sean about him coming and playing a mathemagician for uh, <laughs> right. our campaign. Right. You know, so... Um, so that brings up there's a you know there there's sort of two schools of thought that I've encountered about these games and that's that you play them either very loosely yeah sort of um everybody works together to tell a collaborative story or you play them very like harshly and there are winners and losers you know right. and I'm really interested like one of the things that's cool about these systems it's it's the the way the game plays out is very closely related to the relationships between the players including the game master right mm-hmm. and uh when you look at like those differences I've always found the situations where it's really competitive people get fucking fired up man like yeah I they mean, get emotionally invested it's it's a I mean, there are, there are people who, who like you said, like uh, the competitive players who are playing it as more of like a medieval fantasy battle simulation. Yeah. Like, they have characters that have lasted them for years and years. Oh, well, I wasn't even thinking about those. I, uh, that's a whole nother thing. That's I a mean, whole nother thing. But I mean, yeah. I talked about going to the game store to play and, and the people who play there are very, tend to be very like, here are the rules. Here's how we play. And, yeah. and part of it is because... You know, if you're getting people kind of shifting in and out of groups, mm-hmm. it helps if you have a solid rule base. Yeah, if everybody's of. working from the same thing. Yeah. The, my issue with that, though, is, and why I've never thought they were that fun, is I got into a half-hour argument, and this is probably just me, not other people, but I got into a half-hour argument about fly versus levitate and whether I could fly straight up. Like, I was fall- my character was falling down a well and knew fly, and the DM was like, well... You can't fly straight up. I'm like, what? You have to use levitate. And it was like, 
it, it was a half hour discussion. <gasps> I'm like googling FAQs and like reading out the the, the descriptions of each spell. And so, so uh, we've made a great case for why D and D can suck. <laughs> Yeah, this kind of stuff is is miserable, right? Well, and it's it's. I think it's the main thing that scares people away from it. Yeah, it's, it's, is you see a bunch of dudes with neck beards, uh, our favorite people arguing, right, mercilessly with one another for hours and getting very emotional. Yeah, but the the real. That's, I'm actually just talking about myself. <laughs> well, I mean, I I'm very uh, susceptible to it as well. You, you remember when you killed my favorite NPC and I cried and hid in the corner. <laughs> Remember when you killed my favorite NPC and I started a, a suicide cult? Or is that that's a chick track about D and D? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So uh, there was some cons- uh, con- controversy around D and D and what the seventies, right? It was devil worshiping and all this stuff. I, I mean, I think that there's it, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, in, in the game, you're pretending you're playing the role of of witches and wizards and i'm sure that that upset some religious groups well they actually had to edit the original monsters manual they had it had devils in it it had like various types of devils and they pulled that out and uh changed them to belrogs and stuff like that is that in this book no that was in that was in the so D &D has a bunch of additions right daniel left his his monsters manual next to me that he won't let me look at and if you want to to run a game you can read the book that's it's listen there aren't many so there aren't many ways to motivate people to <laughs> run campaigns because it's a shitload of work hey close it <laughs> close it or i'm turning but this podcast a, off a, i will turn this <laughs> podcast around young man it's a fairy dragon i want to read about i know it. it's a super cool book full of really great pictures and all this awesome lore and you are not allowed to read it unless you're running a game it's the i have like one carrot and it's that book that i can dangle in front of people to be like it's your turn to run a game it's your turn yeah nobody ever takes me up on it <laughs> um i feel like we've gotten horribly off track which well, is not so i want to talk about D D from uh, the dm's perspective for a mm. minute or two here yeah because we've been talking about players mm-hmm. and so w- one of the really interesting things that happens in a D session is there are some rule sets that have more like everyone is equal approaches but most of the successful games that I've ever been involved with use sort of a, a game master who's like, you know, he's the the rule, the guy who sort of has the final say on rules decisions. Yeah, you can um, argue with the DM to a certain extent. Yeah, well, the, the D&D book literally has a line in it that I, I remember the, I like wrote down because if anyone argues with me, I can go open it. It says literally anything you say goes like <laughs> you can choose to ignore anything in this book you right. want to get the game together that you want right right and it's like so so that shouldn't be like a power fantasy though right you shouldn't be going into it like well, yes oh use these rules and then write it the, as the heroes have spent weeks like mastering the rules and try to leverage a rule for a great fantastic approach be like no that rule does not apply yeah, dms have to be tough but fair <laughs> yeah well well tough but fair but also like I view a DM's job as being like, 
make the characters do things even more ridiculous than they tried to do. Like, right. like the characters are always going to try and, and you know, players are always going to try and fuck with you as a DM and be like, no, we don't want to do that. We're going to go do this other thing, right? You'll right. spend weeks writing out, like, a whole quest line with NPCs. It's like, only you go down them. this path to find the yeah. unicorn trapped in a bubble. Yeah. And it's like, oh, your NPC is going down that path. And it's like, she's crazy. We don't want to follow her. Yeah. Even this way. We, we, we use salmon to cut a path in the opposite direction through the wood. <laughs> what yeah we, we we fish and use exclusively salmon to accomplish this task <laughs> right it takes you six months yeah we're cool with that <laughs> uh you have to roll you rolled your survival checks and all right so <laughs> right. you guys have made it to the land of i haven't prepared anything what would you like to do <laughs> so right? we're done for tonight <laughs> yeah uh you've gone to nowhere onia and well and that's that's interesting thing to bring up because from what i've seen with, with being a dm is you need a certain amount of flexibility. Like, you, you plan out all of this stuff that can just go to shit in a second. Well, so what, what I've come to doing as a DM, right, is I, I create little component, like, little story moments, right? So I have some thing that's going on, some overarching quest line. And then what I'll do is I'll go, okay, here's the character that they learn about the overarching thing from here's his boss or his enemy or here's what happens to here's the trigger stuff right and i find the moments that connect the things and then i let you guys go do whatever the fuck you want and when i decide you've dicked off enough i hit you with a story moment you know and i just drop it and you guys either pick it up or you don't and if you don't pick it up what usually happens is i either rework the story or i drop the i i leverage your behaviors to say oh well you open that bank vault instead of giving the money to the guy. Well, in the bank vault, you find a note that says, uh, whoever takes this money is an enemy of L. Ron Hubbard, and the Scientologists are going to come kill you, you know? like. And uh, now you have a quest line that's still related to the main job, right? Right. So a lot of what you do is just like, oh, well, they didn't open the door I needed them to, but... We'll just pretend they did and use the place they are instead of the one I had prepared, you know? Yeah, so that's interesting. Um, the, I mean, we, we talk we talked about how D&D is, is collaborative storytelling, but also this, this battle simulator. And yeah. one DM who, who I talked to and was friends with, like the old school guy I mentioned, he talked about D&D as a PvP game yeah. where... The DM is cont- actively trying to kill. Yeah, control. And, and that's the more traditional, like, your party goes into a dungeon, explores a dungeon, gets treasure and fights. Yeah, so so dungeons come in um, a couple of forms. You have that, like, I've built stuff, right? So I've drawn elaborate levels and pictures and keys and maps and written story arcs for you guys. We have a forum conversation going back and forth. Um, that's all in-character game occurrences, right? right? So there's that form. But then there's also these pre-made modules that, uh, in the sense Matt was just talking about, will have like ridiculous challenges. Just totally insane. Murder you as fast as possible in as many ways as, yeah, as brutally mean, as possible. I mean, like with, with that kind of situation, you're remaking characters every other session. Yeah, you... you a night where you don't lose somebody is a pretty intense night. Like, yeah. you did something right that Whereas night. Whereas with our kind of collaborative storytelling thing, when someone dies, it's it's, it's a huge event. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an, it becomes a narrative arc changer, you know? Right. Um, what's interesting is, uh, 
I was thinking about other D and D moments that were great. So I started playing when I was like nine and, uh, I, you know, when I was like 11, I was playing with this group and we, we had these characters that had all these great moments in their past and we're thinking, oh man, we're great. We can take on one of these D and D modules. So the DM was like, all right, cool. He was, a he was a, like my big brother and big brother, big sister, that program. Mm -hmm. Right. So he was like, sure. All right, we'll do, we'll do this module. So he gets the hall of the fire giants, which is a Gary Gygax dungeon. And uh, we get in there, and I'm playing a wizard who's using one of the wizard kits so he can use, like, a bastard sword and some other stuff. Mm -hmm. And we're, I don't know, ninth, 10th, 11th level, something like that. We go through. We do a pretty good job for the first half of the first level of this three-level fire giant dungeon. We get halfway through, and somehow we've triggered an alarm. We're standing in this hallway. The place is just filling up on both sides with fire giants. And the whole party wipes, except me, who, <laughs> after combat started and the fighter went down in the first round, my wizard was just like, I'm out. <laughs> and, <laughs> and cast a spider climb and invisibility on himself and just bailed. Just climbed <laughs> along the roof and just left. Uh, so they those things can be really brutal. Yeah. Well, it's... Uh... I think the hard, the the hardest thing about D and D for me is is getting people into it. Yeah, um, it's, especially I mean it's it's hard to naturally find your way into it. It's also hard to you know everybody responds to different things in D and D, and I think when you first meet somebody and try and get them involved, it's finding the thing that they'll respond to is very tough. Well, and I think there's another element we haven't we haven't discussed, and it's why do we get together every other week to have these sessions? Mm -hmm. It's because of the camaraderie. Like we, you know, we have you a, like each other. Yeah, we have a close group, and we we trust each other, and we have a good time. Well, and if you listen to us when we get together and we talk talk about our D and D sessions, it's like we're talking about shit we did. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's the same as if you listen to like a group of Call of Duty players getting together to talk about their Call of Duty matches, yeah, right? Like, yeah. It's just like, remember that time I threw the grenade? Oh, you remember that headshot? I threw that random knife and it hit that guy. Oh, that sick headshot, bro. Yeah, I mean, it, we do the same things, but it's I like... killed that camper. Remember that time we started the penis religion and the... Uh, penis religion? I'm just, I'm just right. throwing that out. All right. Call but of Cthulhu did, coming did back we, into the, the... Did we do that? <laughs> remember that time we ran into that... Uh, that uh, arena of fbi killers and oh yeah that was a good <laughs> one like, if you guys had looked at the sign <laughs> <laughs> well so that's that's one of the fun things you get to do as a dm right so he's talking about we had a sci-fi campaign and uh i had made this arena where they could go and make money while well, they went and did too good of a job so they this the next fight they tried to take was like set up completely for them to fail and there were all these obvious signs that <laughs> that this was like a murder match, you which know, completely. Which they nobody they just didn't even bother to look. They were just like, "What?" They were like, "Would you like another fight?" Yes. Oh, okay. Sign this doc. Okay. All right. Signed. All right. Uh, when's the fight? Uh, in an hour. All right. We wait, not doing anything for an hour. Okay. All right. And you go to the fight. I mean, it was amazing. I was just like, uh, "All right." <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. It, that's pretty great. I mean, like, we could probably do a whole nother cast of just D&D &D stories. Yeah, that's I, true. I think what I wanted to do by talking about this was saying, hey, this is something worth checking out. Uh, although I would like to, you know, let's le leave with a recommendation. 
if someone is going to go and try to get into role playing, what do you think the best method for them to do that is? Find somebody you know who plays. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, find somebody you know who plays and uh, go in willing to laugh at yourself and your friends. And if you can do those two things, you can have a, an awful lot of fun with it. But it really helps to have somebody who is experienced. Yeah. Um, because there's a certain amount of corralling that has to take place. And everybody kind of has to do that together. And one of the things that happens, I think, with new people a lot is they get, uh, they think of it like you would cards, right? Where you, like, play your hand in a game of cards and then you kind of don't pay attention. Right. And D&D &D is really a, more of a, like, everybody needs to be feeding off of each other kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, we we have a not really explicit, but it probably should be more explicit, no phones rule when we're playing. Yeah, unless you're looking up a rule or if you have a digital dice roller. I mean, there are some examples of excuses. Sure, but, but like, you know, no Reddit while role playing. Yeah, role, absolutely. Or something like that. Like, you know, we, you want it to be... And that's also, I think, a, an important thing for a DM to be aware of is keeping everyone engaged. Well, and, and there's a lot... I mean, there's so much more to this topic about, you know, how to run a good game. I mean, you could really make a whole... I think a whole podcast series up about D and D from A to Z. Yeah. You know, like you could totally break down all these different components because uh, uh, at the high level, I mean, high level play. I don't really think there's competitive. I guess there is. There's competitive D and D. Yeah, there is. There's. I hadn't even thought about that for a while, but there is competitive D and D. It's like there's, at that level of play, there's competitive everything yeah, we can just get true. that out of the way that's true we should field a competitive D D team and just go get obliterated <laughs> we would oh my god it would be so much fun though <laughs> maybe maybe it would be like you have to wear nose plugs can you imagine the rocky montage of of like <laughs> <laughs> like rolling dice down the philadelphia <laughs> art institute <laughs> steps <laughs> yeah, like really thumbing through the pages and falling asleep with like the mo drooling into the and then monsters somebody, like, manual. Comes up and hits you in the head and, yeah, and like, like points at the paper. Oh, get on that! You need to remember the rules for flanking. Get on it, man! Flanking. Is it a plus one or a plus two? Like there's a part where you're like chugging beer and throwing dice, like switching back and forth. How really much quick. does full plate weigh? How much <laughs> does full plate weigh? Yeah, man, you really you could go all. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I I think you're right. Find someone who can play, and I also think finding a simpler a simple system. I think Dungeons and Dragons is too complicated. If you don't have somebody who knows the rules, yeah. if you don't have know somebody, yeah. if you're in a situation where it's like you and a group of friends, and you all decided that you want to do this, but none of you have any experience. So, so I actually think like if you have no one, if you know no one who's into these games, and you can't go to like a game store and find a game to sit in on and you know those two things are true and somehow you're still really interested in D D, which i don't know how that would happen but let's assume you're in this context where you have no exposure to it except us talking to you right in that case you should probably buy actually something like munchkin which has a lot of the mechanical constructs of sort of D D characters built into it well i think they, there are D&D &D starter kits, though, aren't there? They yeah, there, the there are. They still have the starter boxes. There they, are. They come with pre-built characters, so yeah. you can kind of get an idea of what a character looks like. They come with campaigns, and I mean, they're going to be more mechanical, mechanically based, but 
you know, you can do this, and then, you know, and someone, it's like forty bucks. Yeah, and something and, like that. And the person who's playing the DM can, you know, you guys can decide how you like it. Dude, listeners, uh, I, I just my cats are so cute. They're they're just they're cuddling on the chair. Oh my god, they're cleaning each other. It's the cutest fucking thing, I think I have ever seen. I think we should leave on that note. Yeah. Uh, sorry to totally that brutal segue. That was today's brutal segue. Brought yeah. to you by, by GBD. Oh, by GBD. John, go get a lunchbox. <laughs> right. We haven't done a, a GBD plug. Yeah, I need bit. to. Uh, our advertising really. It's been slacking off. Yeah, it's been. Um, we should talk to our advertisers about maybe paying us. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe we can get like a, a pay per order deal. <laughs> you know, like every time they buy a lunchbox, we get like 50 cents. <laughs> you know, you think we could, we could cut maybe that? Like, maybe like, like if they go in there with the special almost focused identifying pin. Yeah. <laughs> like we're here because of this ad. Yeah. We could change it every week. That's not a, that's not a bad idea. All right, guys. We'll we are revolutionizing podcast marketing on the fly. All right. Well... Have a good night, listeners. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I'm Matt. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm the other one. I'm the other guy. And uh, we... we uh...